Episode three, talking to the hand with the hands with a special guest today, Sal Lopez. Sal, give us a little bit of an introduction to how you got into the sport. How's everybody doing? Um, boxing's uh, always been part of my life. Uh, my father was a professional fighter. He used to always take me to the gym as a kid. In fact, I would beg him to take me to the gym to the point where he had no choice. And uh, same, same as for his watching fights as a kid. Anytime I, I could go watch a fight with my dad, I would. Um, competed later on until I think, what, 2013. And then about three years later, I got into coaching, which I'm still doing right now. Good coach, one of my, one of my coaches as well. Um, so with competing, you said you competed. I mean, what was your experience like that? I know you started training to compete at a very early, early age. Um, how would you say how was that? Well, as a as a early as a young kid, it was hard for me to get fights because I was doing other things like football, wrestling, and then when it came down to finally getting a fight, finding a venue, someone to p- opponent to agree to, and it's amateur boxing, so you never know who's gonna show up and who's not. So it was hard for me to get fights as a kid. So I never really competed too much as a kid. It's just more just training as an off season for my other sports. I used boxing for mostly. And then, uh, it wasn't until, 2000, like I said, 2013, I blew out my knee playing football. I was probably about 220, 230 pounds, roughly around there. And uh, I decided I had to do something to get back in shape, feel good about myself again. So I started boxing again. And uh, I ended up dropping down from 230 all the way down to 178 pounds to fight in the Golden Gloves in 2013. And, and I ended up winning. You ended up, um, how many, you ended up stopping the guy in the finals, right? Or no, I stopped the first guy. The doctor actually stopped it. He came up and he thought he'd seen enough, so he came up and stopped it. And then uh, the fight after my fight in the first round, I got to watch who I was going to fight in the finals. And uh, it's a big, tall kid. Uh, like, And when I mean six foot three, six foot four, he was every bit of six foot three, six foot four. Um, he knocked this kid the fuck out clean out right after me so I was you know a little worried but I also seen his flaws he depended on that big right hand so I knew what I had to do I mean you also had one of the bigger bigger knockouts of the year in the amateurs before the gloves no that was a couple years after in the diamond gloves where I actually kept going down I went down the weight again down to 165 pounds for that one that was in the diamond gloves I believe 2014 and 2015 I want to say I can't I forget off the top of my head. All I know is that was a uh, that was a video. That's a video to watch. Anybody out there? If you go on his Instagram page, I'm sure it's up there. Yeah, yeah. Hit him with the curly suit. That was a good one. I gotta get the I gotta get the one on my uh, with the audio, so you guys can hear the people that I was working with at the time. I was, I was working as a mover. Had a couple guys come from come to the fight, and uh, you know they really showed out and supported. So let's rewind back to that, that Golden Gloves final. So you, you saw the kid fight the round before, the, the round prior. Um, big, lanky guy got a knockout. So you were going in there with some pretty... Yes, and then even before we even got so... Let's get to the weigh-ins. Me, I'm all, even as a coach, I want to be the first one in the building to weigh in and get settled in with, with my guys or, or me if I'm the one competing. So uh, I'm the first one there. I'm weighed in. One, one of the first ones there. I'm weighed in already, waiting, waiting, waiting. 
My guy is one of the last people to show up. He misses weight by a pound. And if you know anybody, know the rules in the Golden Gloves in the finals, you have to be exactly on weight. I didn't want to win my Golden Gloves title like that. So, you let him go lose the pound off. He lost it. Give him credit for that. We were the last fight of the night. And, uh... I took him to school. It was real. You can watch every single round. It looks exactly the same. A lot of traps. A lot of traps. I let him... See, he probably thought I was... Me being the shorter guy, I was going to be willingly to go inside and walk into the right hand. But me, I'm a I'm a smart count, uh, counterpunch southpaw, who uh, so I, I was I was happy to sit on the outside and let him try to find that one big shot to get rid of me because check hooks all night. You're not you're not hitting me with one shot and getting 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 rid of me. Yeah, you used to always say to us in the gym, you should never get hit with more than two jabs. Absolutely, move your head or you're something. Getting hit with two jabs, you 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 you're somewhere where you shouldn't be, you're, or you're doing something you shouldn't do. Or doing something you shouldn't be doing. You should be moving your head or being out of that jab range at all times. So you end up taking him to school. You win those gloves. Um, you actually had one of the bigger coaches in the, like, the tri-state area, Chino, in the corner with your pops. How'd that end up happening? Yeah, Chino and my dad go way back. Um, at that time, honestly, didn't know much about Chino. Um and then, uh, you know, my dad asked him to do a simple favor. Chino, you know, without hesitation, agreed. And it was cool to uh, see him grow, too. Actually, I knew I knew of him a little bit because Sosa was was starting to build a big name on uh, HBO. This is right before he fought Lomachenko, right? Yeah, yeah, or is yeah, it the yeah. same? It was- this is definitely before he fought Lomachenko. Um, so it was pretty cool to have a name, someone who, who other than my dad, who's known pretty well known in my corner so then after that you took a few years off again yeah you know i had to uh had to go to work life got in the way you know i was a garbage man working on the back of a garbage man San- sanitation it's not an easy job it's n- trust me boxing box doing boxing alone is hard enough to do it with a job like that is nearly to the extent where you want it, like to be a best to your ability, is nearly impossible between the labor and and then the training you would have to do. Yeah, that's that's one of the hard things about being an amateur, especially in like America, because I know in like Europe and stuff they'll throw you some money if you're an amateur and you're winning tournaments. Um, it was really just a lot of us guys were blue collar guys, and ends up making us have to work a full-time job on top of fighting, which also kind of builds the charm a little bit to like the Golden Gloves. Absolutely. Especially the Golden Gloves. You're never going to see that in Nationals. And you see that in Nationals. These are kids who they either have back financial backing or their parents want to see them accomplish a dream. Or not even that. They're just kids who who competed from an early age and they're, they're accustomed to constantly competing. That's, that's one thing I, I think I lacked is because I didn't have that, that cut, that... Uh, Competing week to week like you do in football or you would do it in like a wrestling. Well, wrestling that, that's what season. it was really. You wanted to during that time really in your you know your prime young years like that before life really gets in the way. You had a football dream. Yeah, I like I, I lo- enjoyed love playing football. I still do watching it. Um, I played played too much football as a kid, honestly. Um, 
from playing a regular Pop Warner to Spring League to freaking Town Beef, who's now A7FL. I was playing football year round as year round as a as a kid. So you took that two year gap to to work because you know we all got to pay bills and life gets in the way. So then you go into the Diamond Gloves. Yeah. So now I'm back at working and moving, and then uh, so. Moving's a little bit. It's not as strenuous as a gar being on a garbage truck because you're not constantly on your feet. You can slow down, take your break. So I was able to kind of stay in shape while work and still train a little bit as well. Um, so the Diamond Gloves first round is the knockout. He was uh, talking about that. You can go check up, check out my page. Um, you can see that. And then I, I fought again. And I think it was another weight. And I remind you, I, I started at 230 pounds, year, you know, years prior. So that weigh-in, the, the second fight, the fight, only fight I lost was the previous round in the, in the Diamond Gloves. And uh, I fought a kid, tough kid, not taking nothing away from finals? No, nah, nah, I was quarter. I think it was the semifinals. Um, tough kid. And I think I just did... The weight cut over. I don't want to make excuses because I heard Rocco went through on his weight cuts, and the weight cuts are tough. Everyone has to deal with them too. The weight cut just didn't it didn't it didn't settle with me that day. I was leave it like that. He was the better man. So uh, I lost that fight, and then uh, we had had to keep working, and I never got back to uh, really training again because also my father he he works who is my trainer. He works the job too. So it was hard for us to both be on the same page while we're both working our jobs and still training because uh, I wasn't going to let anyone just train me in this sport. It's a it's a grimy business. It's a, it could be a grimy sport. And uh, you need someone in your corner who's looking after you for your best interest, not just as a fighter, but as a person, too. Yeah. And even then, like, that's your father. That's your hero. You know what I mean? Like, not even your hero, but that that's probably your biggest... Yeah, but it wasn't even Inspiration. that. If he gave me, if he if he gave someone the blessing to train me, and he told me he trusted them with me, I I I would have took his word for it, too. But it, it, there was it just never came up. That situation never well, even, came up. Even though you you don't have like a super big amount of fights, you you used to travel far a lot. Yeah. So what what are the, like the gyms you used to frequent going? So here here's a good story. I believe this is it's either Trenton or Newark. I believe it's a guy, an old head, old guy, Muggsy's gym. And we get there, and there's no electricity. It's literally ran by a fucking generator outside. And I'm thinking, what the fuck did my dad bring me to? And I'm young. I'm probably still a fifth grade, sixth grade, somewhere, fourth or fifth, between the fourth and sixth grade. So I'm like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. I like this. I'm used to a nice, clean gym, which. It's cool with me, but I, it's not necessary for me. I like the smell of the gloves. It's the, it's, it's the old I like, school. I like, the, I like, yes, exactly. I like them old school gyms. Middletown, PAL, South River, New Brunswick. Two so. gyms, two gyms wrongfully taken away from a township. So, uh, both township so we go down there, we spar, and I, you know, I pieced the kid up. It was nothing, nothing really, nothing really to speak about, but it was just bizarre to see a fucking gym being ran by a generator. And then you used to go to uh, Middletown a lot. Middle, New I, I, oh, oh yeah, I used to go to Middletown, New Brunswick. Um, 
that's pretty much it bunch there. Of, bunch of different gyms. So with all that experience and everything, you're working, you're done competing in your head. How'd you turn to coaching? What happened with how'd you end up getting into coaching? Well, uh didn't like who 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 if you ask anybody who's a mover, it's fucking it's miserable. No one likes it. And the I still had a uh passion to compete, but I didn't have the, the I didn't have the tools to tools around me, a coach, gym, la da da, whatever. But I knew in my mind that I had a good brain to teach. I always taught, even when I played football, I used to go back in high school and coach Pop Warner. Just about uh, every year, probably except for my senior year. In high school, I coached Pop Warner too. So I always had a, a love for coaching. And then, yeah, uh, so I stuck to it, you know. It's a bit of a grind. It's not as good as, you know, people think, oh, you, 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 you coach? You, you do what you love? Oh, yeah, that must be great. Sometimes, you don't know how much money you're going to make sometimes in a month. So sometimes it's not, it's, it's not all, all rainbows. So because you're, you know what I mean, you're on clients' time. It's up to whether well, they want to stick with the it's session. Not, it's not even about the client itself. It's about me making two. I'm willing to make the sacrifice for the long haul from 10 years from now. I don't need much. I just need a roof over my head, my dog, and boxing. That's all I need. And we're, we're at his apartment right now. It's a nice apartment. That's all I really need. Um, Food. Eat. The basic food. I don't need to fucking eat steaks every night. Because I know if I stick with this, one day I'll be considered one of the best. So then you, you end up working at a local, it's closed now, a local like fitness boxing gym, right? Yeah. And that kind of made you not, you know, make you want to really give you the need to want to train fighters. Yeah, you know, the constant need of people, like, of needy people who, uh, who I get who people, I get people need things. Because as an athlete, we all need things too. So, uh, but I just didn't want to deal with the nagging every day, with, you know, at a, at a gym. So I went down, so I left there, went to uh, Lionheart MMA, which is, uh, which, which is a great school. The gym you trained out of for the gloves, right? With your father? Your yeah. father's very close yeah. with the owner? Yeah. Um, great place. Um, and then from there, for, I was there for about a year is where I won, and I actually, I trained, so where I trained and won my Golden Gloves, I got to also train my Golden Gloves state champion. So let's talk about that, because you're in Dave's story. You guys are like friends in high school. Yeah, Dave, me and Dave go way back. Me and Dave go back since middle school. We knew, we knew each other. We was always in the, in the same school. Um, so Dave, Dave always had an interest in boxing, was always a fan of boxing. And one day he comes to me, he says, I want to compete. Well, I said, let's go. You're, you know. It's all about putting in the work at the end of the day. And Dave, Dave, Dave was like that. Dave handles himself like a real professional. He does the extra stuff of making his body right. So he made it really easy for me to be my first fighter. Because I can say, yo, Dave, go hit the bag for four rounds and not look at Dave, have to look at Dave. And I know he's hitting the you bag. Could, you could, he's working as hard as he can without me having to look at him. You know what, the extra him, so. stuff, like when, when I used to come train with you guys on top of my other gym... Um, for the extra work, we'd get done with the session or we'd get done with sparring and you'd be like, all right, do 200 push-ups." And you used to, like, I remember asking you once, um, 
I think it was for from from Manath or Dave. And I was like, how come you don't? He's like, you don't count them. He's like, if they want it bad enough, they're gonna do the two hundred. Yeah, basically, it's, it is what it is, man. You, you know, you're the one in the ring getting punched. So then, so. you train him. You get him and three other fighters from Lionheart ready for the gloves that year. It's 2018. No, it was just two. It was just two. Just two. Yeah, it was uh, you and uh, Dave. Manath. Oh, Dave. No, no, no. I mean, uh, Dave uh, and Abe. Abe, yes. So, you guys. Brackets come out. You go to Dave and Abe's first fight. They fought on the same card, I believe, right? Same night? I believe they were scheduled to fight, but I believe Dave was the only one that only ended up fighting. So you get you get to Patterson. Um, what was that? What was your experience, your first time going through the process as a coach? Nerves are just... Nerves really ain't any different for a coach... For a fighter, except for the fact that you, you, as a coach, you know you're gonna be okay after the fight. Your brain's gonna be intact, whatever. But you're still worried about that other person that's going in there. If you're a good coach. If yeah. So, uh, but I had you know, I had my dad there to wrap the hands. I wasn't experienced with the gauze yet to wrap the hands, so I had my dad to do that. And uh, as soon as the bell, you know, as soon as the bell rings. All that, all the nerves go out the window, and you're focused on your fighter, and you know what the work you put in with him, and you it's know. A job now. Now it's, it's 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 not. Yeah, you can say it's a job. You guys are on a mission. It's, like, a, it's a business. Yeah, it's a business. It's a bu- business day. You gotta go take care of business. Yeah. So you guys, you go first round bell rings. Your nerves are out the window because now, it's you having to focus on giving advice and calming your fighter down. Right, because if I'm nervous, he's going to be nervous. So that first round goes, you go for Dave's way? Yeah, Dave. Dave's first few fights, honestly, I don't, uh, it's really hard to pick out rounds he lost. He uh, he has an amateur style. Very come forward. I've Very done, uh, Sean Porter-like. Done a lot of rounds with Dave. He hits like a truck. Dave is, a, um, Dave is Sean Porter. Yeah, if you're going to... It's not, it's not going to be an easy day. And if that, you're going to get in the ring with Dave, listen... It's not going to be an easy day for you. You're going to hurt somewhere. Yeah, you're definitely one of those guys you don't want to have to sit in the pocket with if you can't. So that first, that first round, it goes in Dave's favor. Was there a relief a little bit? Or did no, it make you more nervous? I, absolutely not. Um, and I think for fighters too, there should, should never be a relief to that final one, that final bell, um, because we've seen it. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in this sport. If you watched it enough, you, you know anything can happen from bad stoppages at the bell, from anything. So never, and I'm some never people get in like a comfort zone, and if they have to turn it up, they get. It's very hard to get your mind back you, in that. You can't turn you once you once you you turn on your switch or whatever volume you turn that switch to. That's the that's the highest volume you're gonna get. You can't go any higher. Like you can't go back up. So you go as going to the second round. Business as usual, right? Pretty um, much from the first round. No, I think I believe he drops him in the second round. I forget, he drops him either first or second or the third round, I believe. Kid was tough. Kid was a marine, so I already told him. I said, "Listen, this motherfucker ain't gonna be scared of you." So, and I knew Dave. Dave ain't the type of Dave. Ain't, Dave ain't scared of no one either. Yeah. So I was looking. I was like, "Balls." He he ain't gonna be scared of you. So balls. He's gonna come right at you. He ain't gonna come try to dance with you. He's coming forward. He's coming forward. Listen, I I I love watching Dave fight. I love I when I used to see his name on the bracket, I said, "Wow, whoever the fuck's buying a ticket that night, 
at least for three rounds, they're getting their money's worth. And it sucks too because he, uh, he had somebody record the fight and they missed the knockout, the knockdown. It was a beautiful uh, left hook, I believe, coming up off of, off of a row, and uh, he just landed it beautifully and dropped the dude. So then he wins the second fight. Proceeding, he wins that fight. Wins the second fight. Was it the third fight of the tournament he lost? I think it was the third fight. Um, it could have went either way. It's it's obviously as his coach, I'm gonna say he should have won. But uh, we proved who were the, who was the better fighter later on in the tournament. Anyway, so after that loss, you guys went back to the gym. Now you as a coach, how what what was your advice to him, and how was what was the whole mood like for his training? Was it it was at it, that point we, after that loss? We didn't change anything. We didn't change anything because we felt like we won the fight. One. Two, and once you start changing shit up because of someone else, you're already losing. They're already setting you up for something else. So we, I, I, I'm, a, I'm big on sticking to the game plan and uh, training the fighter based off what he's good at and making him even better at what he's good at and then adding things to, adding the better basics. So then... At the same time of, of Dave's success in that tournament, you also had another 52 novice in the same division also having success. So after you guys, after a few of these fights and you saw both of them proceeding, did you feel like, damn, they're going to fight? It was definitely in the back of my mind. And I kept telling them, no, I ain't going to let you fight each other because they still had to train with each other. But in, in, in my heart, I kind of knew if they came down to it, they're going to have to fight. Because this, this is the sport we're in. So right. then, after that loss, he put, it put him back. Now They actually lost to the same kid. They lost to the same kid. In the Golden Gloves, when you're novice and sub I believe novice as well. I don't think it's just sub-novice. You got to get beat twice. Yeah, double elimination. It's yep. double elimination. So you guys... You kind of knew they were going to fight each other after they both lost. Yeah. Because they're, they're both have, they have to fight each other to see who's going to go to the, what, the semis or the finals? For the finals. For the finals. So they were both. <laughs> so they, I mean, they, these guys have, you know, it wasn't about me at the, at the end of the day. If it was up to me, I wouldn't let them fight. But they, they both are individuals who both had goals. And if I know if I had to beat a man to go fight a man who beat me, they get some. Some get back back. I I would want that. I don't want that. I don't give a fuck who it is. So so, so I I let him do it. And, so after uh, the brackets were made, where you saw both the names matched up against each other, how was the training at that point? <clears throat> Did you have them spar each other less or anything? Or? No, I mean during the tournament they're already both you know three four fights deep in, so sparring really wasn't too necessary. You got to keep them fresh for fight night. Um, in my opinion. Especially in tournaments, um, so we, set, we just separated maybe a little bit once or twice during the week. That's about it. Nothing too crazy. They both handled. Did they it. try to like have come in at separate times? No, uh, they weren't. They like, they didn't. Really, I don't think they really made it an issue. It, it was kind of like if we come, if we see each other, we see. Each other. I don't know, they kept it real cool. They dapped it up after. It was no bad blood. So then, too. Fight night comes where Abe and Dave fight each other. What were you like? Even before you guys met at the, the venue or anything, what what did you wake up that morning thinking? I felt bad for one of them. 
Because one of them is going to be disappointed, honestly. And I had to be happy for the other one. So I didn't know what the fuck to think, honestly. So that whole day, before, way before weighing, were you, in, you were in contact with both of them, sure? Absolutely. So Absolutely. what was the vibe like for them? Like, where, I, um, know Dave, I know Dave, I don't really know Abe like that. Um, I know Dave enough to where Dave, Dave is probably just like, it is what it is. Dave's, a, yeah, exactly. Dave's carefree. He doesn't. He don't get. Yeah. yeah. He don't get. He'll fuck. punch his mom if he have to. <laughs> um, and sell rice balls at the same time. But uh, Abe, Abe, Abe was fine. He didn't. He didn't care about. You know what I mean? Like I said, we're in a sport where we're punching people in the fucking face. So it, it's really hard. Sometimes some people care who's on the other end of it. Some people don't. So then, it fight weigh-ins fight night. I'm sure you went up to Abe and weight's good, weight's good. <laughs> yeah, I took did, I, I took care of my guys. I made did, sure they were so after I made after, sure they were both. See, I have, see this was this is what's great about having my dad. My dad warmed up one of them. I warmed up the other one, but we didn't cor- neither of us cornered them. We me and my dad sat in the stands and watched it together, and we had two guys that we both trust corner each guy. Who ended up being the cornerman for for both of them? Um, damn. My man CJ cornered Dave. And my man Eric Garland cornered uh, Abe. So then that fight's going down. And you, I remember you telling me several times you took a backseat on this one. You couldn't. I had to. I had no choice because, you know. You can't take sides on that. I can't. And so then, then fighters, um, you know, fighters ain't just fighters to me either. You know, I care. No, nah, more than that. I care about the person. Outside of boxing, just as much as box, their boxing career, if not more, because boxing's not forever. But people are people. You know, well, we have your natural. You have to have a life after boxing. But um, so you're watching that fight, and you're watching you. You're watching Abe and Dave, uh, slug it out. So what was your whole mind like? At, going round through round, like what was your whole? Me, I was kind of just kind of like almost coaching and judging them at the same time. Judging the fight and coaching them during the same during the fight. Um, Abe came out with a great first round. I thought Abe won the first round. Boxed really good. And then Dave, Dave's a freight train. Once he starts going, it's hard to it's hard to stop him. So Dave, once Dave started landing those his big shots, and plus they sparred together too. So once you're gonna get used to they're each gonna other. get used to each other once those nerves are out of there. So Dave, Dave came and won the last two three rounds, but it was a good fight. So then Dave ends up winning that fight. So Dave wins this fight, and then I believe following f- week is the finals. Now him and, now Dave has one loss, so they're fighting on Friday to see if they're going to fight on Saturday. We fight the same kid who beat Dave out of uh, Camden, PAL, I believe. Um, so we go to the fight. It's business, like I said, especially when we got somebody who... Who has one up on us? So was Dave a little more like? Dave was, was ready. Dave was ready to go. Was a fire. There was like a little there more was, of a fire. Yeah, there was Dave. no. There was no fear in Dave. There was no hesitation. Get in back Dave. season for him. It was get back. And uh, shit, we came fired and we got it back. And that's why was that fight close or was nah? It- <laughs> okay, Dave gave me a heart attack in the first about. 15 seconds, man. This dude came out and hit Dave with a fucking, like, it seemed like an eight-piece. Like, they all landed. And I was like, no. And it seemed like it was about to be. And then Dave grabbed him, turned him on the ropes. 
got through the first, and then, you know, started to fight back, started fighting, put the pressure, fighting his way back in the first round, and then the second, third round, it was all Dave, all Dave, hitting him everywhere, arms, arms, shoulders, elbows, everywhere, and then, uh, so, boom, we get the decision, so now we're coming back tomorrow for the tiebreaker, trilogy fight. Like I said, I'm always the first mother. I'm always the first person in the building as a coach or a fighter. I always like to be the first person in the building. So I get there, boom, we weigh in, we do our thing, whatever. Another coach from Camden, PA, comes in, comes in, and I guess they told uh, Dan Dan Doyle, who runs the Golden Gloves, that his guy wasn't coming. That yeah, so. Other kid must have woke up hurting. So yeah, like I said, Dave's gonna hurt you. You ain't, gonna, you ain't no one wants to fight Dave two days in a row. Um, so he didn't come. And what's kind of funny is I actually had tickets that night for the Adrian Broner Vargas card, who also had the Charlo, one of the Charlo brothers and Tank Davis on it. So going into that day, I, I was like, "Fuck, I, I guess I ain't gonna make it to the fight." Whatever, that was fine with me. I didn't care about that. We're going to go get this Golden Glove chip. So the kid never ends up coming, and I still get to make it to the fight. Perfect day. Right? Great day. Perfect Was day. there... I mean, you beat him the night before, and you got that payback, but... What, with Dave, like, have you ever talked to Dave? Was there like, kind of like an emptiness into that? Definitely, definitely. Dave, wanted, Dave, Dave definitely wanted his moment in the ring. Um... Just like everyone does. Arm up with them announcing you as the champion. Yeah, absolutely. So I I, I definitely felt for him on that. Felt robbed. But, uh, I mean, like I said, I didn't think he lost the first fight. So it is is what it is. Um, He he definitely feels like he's a goal. Because he fought a lot, too. A lot of guys don't fight that much. He fought about four or five times. I think five times that Golden Gloves. There's kids I know who get walkovers for titles. Yeah, man. I mean, I only fought twice for mine. He fought five. Yeah, that's uh, five, five. Yeah, I think about you're, five. You're already halfway to open at that point. Yeah, exactly. After your sub novice gold yep. usually a lot of guys what they do is, you know, a lot of like, I feel like the golden gloves every year. The reason, not even for it being such a prestigious tournament, but I feel like honestly, it is the perfect time to introduce, like, to send your next wave of guys in. Well, I think what the golden gloves is perfect for now. Are for the guys who get started late in boxing, who get started in seven, you know, around 17, 18, 19, and they're not really sure if they want to do boxing. I think that's what right now the sub novice division is perfect for. But uh, yeah. Also, you get a kid comes in the gym. Um, I want to fight. All right. Well, say it's January. Golden Gloves next year, whole year of training, and then I'll send you in. Because I know that's usually where you send all your kids in for their first fights. I think there's only one kid you train that was a one-night show. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of had worked out that way. Oh, so it was, it's not like I, I, I never planned it that way because people progress differently. And uh, kids have school. These, a lot of these kids nowadays, they're not, they, don't sacrif- they, don't put, they don't sacrifice their sport like they really should. They think of it as just, oh, this is a temporary thing for me. I'm going to be done and I'm going to go on and go do my regular life. My regular life, you know? So a lot of kids don't really sacrifice for it as much as they really should nowadays. So it's hard to sit there and be like, 
oh, okay, in six months, I can get you ready for a fight because you don't know what the fuck these kids are going to be doing. And a fucking Call of Duty, a new Call of Duty might come out and they're stuck fucking playing three months of Call of Duty. So then, you got your first fighter you ever trained wins gloves, first try. Yes, sir. How'd that build your confidence as a coach? It built my confidence as a coach because it definitely, you know, it, it showed me that what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing is, is working, obviously, and uh, it only made me better because now I, I, now once I, I'm not second thinking myself when I'm back home watching videos or learning myself because I never stop learning. I'm always looking to learn from other from other coaches. I follow. There's very, there's very few, very select few coaches. On in, that are that post on Instagram that you can learn from, and it's usually the guys who don't even intend to to post a video on teaching. It's just the like Buddy McGirt holding pads, showing a, sh- a simple way how to shuffle around with the jab, step around with the jab, stuff like that. Um, Buddy McGirt's good. Dude from England is good. I forgot his name. Tony Jeff. I believe it's Tony Jeffries. And uh, what's what's his name? Um, Mufasa boxing, Mufasa though the dude from Atlanta I forget his name Mufasa Mufasa it is Mufasa so then after Dave wins that title right you start thinking you know your confidence rises as a coach like alright well I made a success story out of this kid and I probably made gave you a little more fire to see someone come in throw teach them how to throw their first punch and then watch them win a, a Golden Gloves title absolutely and uh, I think winning as a coach winning as a coach felt way better winning as a person you can appreciate appreciate it more. You can appreciate the work they put in. You're seeing it from you the outside. In, you're seeing it from the outside. And you're like, you know, it was just for me, it was better, I think. So then, now, now you know, you're all in. You got your first title list under your belt, under your strap. You know your way of coaching works. Us being from, like, a fairly close-knit town like Oldbridge, and there's a lot of kids, like, Oldbridge... Now that I think about it, our town has a lot of a lot of boxes. A lot of boxes like, at Old Bridge over the years. Um, now, this actually used to be an Old Bridge PAL. I didn't know that until I seen someone post an old article of theirs, and it had a had Old Bridge PAL on it. So then, now you haven't. You're, I'm sure because of Dave and us, everybody knowing Dave, you have the best barber in the game too. The best barber in the game. Hit him up at Charles Classic. The best Cuts. barber in the game. Don't all now you have of you, you have a lot of kids come in now that want to train because they heard about Dave. Yeah, definitely. Dave was definitely Dave. The word of mouth of Dave winning and shit like that. Social media, and then uh, some kids who just don't know if they want to do it. So some kids just start off doing lessons with me, and then they turn. And I don't know. It just they fall in love. Custom Auto said it best. It's all about lighting that spark. You gotta light that spark with somebody. So then, Golden Gloves twenty nineteen rolls is coming up, and you got your little, you got your little like new project. Good friend of ours, Joe Green, comes in. Mo Money Green, absolutely. Uh, Mo, see, Joe, Joe was was a real natural, honestly. He came in from from word of mouth through Dave, though, right? Um, or I'm just not, on social. I'm not sure exactly. So he messaged you. He messages yeah. you. I want to teach a le- take uh-huh. a lesson. He, so uh, th- he was coming to me for about four six months, just doing like two times a week, and I kept telling him, I "Was like, yo, you're pretty good, bro. Like, if you if you want to fight." You could fight. I would just leave it at that. You can't force no one to do this sport. No. So he... he ended so up- eventually, 
He takes me for my word. He goes, I want to fight. So we started getting him ready. So that's how I ended up meeting him. Uh, ends up being one of my best friends because he's just, we clicked. But what uh, we do. We punch each other in the face and we become I, good friends. I come over South's apartment for the Canelo fight to his house. And this kid comes in with a uh, cheese platter. <laughs> a fucking cheese platter. I said, damn, this kid's going to stick around for a while. So Sal has me pop his cherry. I got to spar his first, his first time sparring. I got to be his sparring partner. So, when me and him were sparring, I, I mean, I was working easy with him for a little bit, for like maybe the first time. I remember you telling me work easy. What'd you, like, what, what'd you see that really made you say, all right, I'm going to let this kid sign up, and I'm going to let this kid compete out of that first sparring session? Well, it wasn't really that first sparring session. It was when he really decided to come to the gym every fucking day. Because you can, anyone can go to the gym two times a week and spar, but it, it's about training for about fucking three months every day eating the right shit and doing that that's what you know i seen i seen commitment first before anything for anything and he had he had natural skills he um, is he uh <laughs> he has natural skills he just i remember he, I, if he w- would just believe in himself like like once he believed in himself he the skills boom, came out natural i, natural, I remember natural. i remember you telling me like this is his first sparring session just go light on him and we were on the first round and, like, I'm just popping him with jabs. And he fucking hits me with a right hand. And he, like, countered. He countered a jab I was throwing and hit me with a right hand. And I remember, like, looking at Sal. And I was like, yo, I'm getting fucking set up because definitely not this kid's first sparring session. And then we ended up doing what, four round hard rounds. And I was like, Sal, I looked over at Sal. We're sparring. I look over at him on the side. And he's, like, motioning to turn it up on him. And me and this kid cracked each other. He, he's a righty. I cracked him with a left the same time he hit me with a right. And talking to him, he said, like, that's the moment he knew he wanted to do this shit. That's what he told me. So we're getting rounds in, and I'm seeing this kid just, like, natural at countering. And just he had, he had fucking hit hard, bro, for a scrawny little white kid. Hits hard. So now you got him. You have another fighter on the side that you're, like, co-coaching with. First night of the Golden Gloves comes with him. You see all the preparation, everything. Like you said, Dave wasn't scared. Like, Dave was business as usual. You have a kid now. Is your first fighter that you're having that's actually, like, a little nervous. So what'd you do with that? So Joe's first fight, like I said, I'm always, this, this, this is funny I keep saying this. I'm always the first person inside the building because I want to be ready, wrapped and ready, and make sure my guys are warmed up. So Joe's first fight. We're just like that. We're warming up, warming up. His guy comes in, doesn't have his trunks on, doesn't have his cup on, doesn't have his shoe. Nothing, not nothing, nothing's compared. He like just caught the scale. I, I I guess so. I don't know. And we're already war- we have our gloves. So in, in amateur boxing, you don't get your gloves. I think what three fights before. I believe two bouts before. Three or two fights before you, you actually they, fight. They cycle the gloves at the glove table. So. uh this guy has this kid has no warm up, so the whole time I'm telling him, say, listen, Joe, look at see, we're prepared. They're not prepared. They're coming here wrapping up their hands while we're on the mitts. They're not prepared. So I'm feeding this into his brain to 
give him any sort of confidence that he and needs. You see the and I see it. He starts to see, you know what? Yeah, coach, you're right. You know, I can see the switch in his eyes. Even when you were wrapping boom, his hands, boom, you said boom, you saw boom. something where you knew he was going to be like. Well, no, my dad was still wrapping my fighter's hands then. And I said, I forgot what I said to him. I joked with him and he laughed. Like a good, like natural, it was like a natural uh, smirk that he had. And I said, see, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good day. And I just knew from that moment, that's funny you brought that up because I actually forgot about that. I knew it was going to be a good day. But we're warming up, warming up, warming up. And this dude doesn't even have his gloves on, doesn't have his shoes on. So I'm telling Joe, listen, Joe, they're not ready. They, they didn't train like we trained. They're not prepared for a fight like, we're, like we, we are. So sure enough, the first round comes out. The kid comes out sprinting. Boom, 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 boom. Mean combination. Blah, 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 blah. Throws everything he got. Blah, blah, blah. And I told Joe, he's going to come out with everything. He's going to be good. He's going to have skills. And try I, to stop you in the first. Yeah, because I believe it was Don Givens' grandson who's like the president of New Jersey boxing. One of. One, one of, of the higher-ups. And I remember, I remember um, one thing I did tell Joe before that fight. Because, like, my buddy, I, I already had a few fights prior by this time. And my buddy Kevin Coleman actually was on the podcast before. He's very good at social media. So, except for one of them, all the kids I've fought, Kev has sent me their social media. And, like, sometimes when you see, when you see footage, like, it psychs around. I remember telling Joe, like, as we're getting ready for the first night. And I, he's coming to my gym and we're sparring all the time. Is don't do too much research, bro. Just, just relax. Found out who it was. You found out this kid was like a 2015 Golden Glove champ. Fought like once in the tournament. Got a walk on. But he kept like psyching himself out with mm-hmm. that. Right. Oh, this this kid's this kid's a state champ. This kid's a state champ. Oh, this kid's probably mad good. And I don't know if Joe ever admitted it to you. And I'm sorry if I'm putting on the block. But before his first fight, he was telling me like he had. He was telling me he was in his room one night and he had like a real deep. In, inside his head conversation of should I go through with this and he fucking stuck with it and then fight night first hard round hard first round yeah man he got his ass beat a little bit in that first round that's for sure I so was definitely worried he comes back to the corner and like I pointed out before me you know knowing you as long as I have cause me and you go way back before boxing too I knew you were like a calm person so what'd you end up having like How'd you end up talking to Joe in that corner coming out of a, a let's be blunt, horrible first round? I told Joe, listen, Joe, relax. Just calm down and catch your breath. That's the first he, thing he's you do, freaking I out, do. He's freaking out in the corner? Yep, freaking out a little bit in the corner, which is, which is normal. So I calmed down. And I told him, he's going to gas out. He can't fight like that for three rounds, all right? We can fight the way we fight that first round better and keep fighting that w- those that way in the next two rounds. He can't. Sure enough, kid comes out the same way he did the first round. Joe's making him miss a little bit now more, hitting him a little bit more. And then uh, I believe it was a right uppercut that Joe landed that sent this kid into his own corner, standing eight count. Into space. And uh, the, 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 as the ref was giving him uh, his eight count, he put his arms on the ropes and they called the fight. Um, but that's uh, that's where I go to show. How'd that feel? That was great, man. I mean, you can see it in our video, man. I love, I, I love it. I love. He loves uh, it. You know, like that. That's that's what I was saying before, though. Like I see, like how you were saying, what, you care more about a fighter as a person than as a fighter. When I saw Sal the next day after that that fight, 
I've never seen a, I've never seen him that happy. Him and Joe. And I, 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 Joe came up to me and he was telling me, I'm so happy I stuck with it and I didn't fail. Because you're going, he psyched himself out. I'm going to use my famous line. He psyched himself out and then I ended up knocking out a state champ. First fight. It's a mental game, man. I always bust his balls about it. Um, it's all mental. So then that fight happens. That fight happens and... Um, What was I going to say? Ends up winning that fight. And that was a talk about fight. I actually had my title. I, I was working at title boxing at the time as a side job on top of being a waiter. And it's funny because I, I, I have my clients. They come in the next day. And they don't know I know this kid. They don't know that I'm close with Joey. Um, and they're telling me about this kid who... And this is exactly how she said it. I'm going to do the voice. She said, this kid had so much heart. He was getting beat up and he came back and he won. And she was telling me how happy it made her. And like, I was training her son and it lit, like, I always laugh. Joe Green, that comeback fight, lit a fire on this little kid's ass that I used to train. And this kid trained 10 times harder than he did before because he wanted to learn. You never know who's watching. And you know what's funny? One of my, my first gym, one of my first Middletown PAL, started going there. I was going there for a little bit in like 2015 when I was like I just turned 16 years old because my coach told me to start going there for boxing because he ran both gyms. And I'm getting ready for the uh, getting ready for the 2020 Diamond Gloves and I fucking walk in the gym, this fucking gym that I, I've known the coach for ha- over a decade, now, half a decade now and all these people. And I get these kids coming up to me. Where, yo, you know that kid, Joe Green? I see him on your... Yo, is that kid ever... Get that kid to come here. Get that kid to spar here. And they're just talking about this fucking win. So he ends up going to the second round of the tournament, gets a no-show, mm-hmm. goes again, ends up losing a close fight. A bullshit-ass fight. And not, 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 the decision could have went either way. It was a good close fight, but the ref, the ref called the slip a standing eight count, which I thought was complete bullshit. He called it a knockdown? Yeah, it was a com- clear as day as a slip. He didn't even, he didn't even react when he went down. He only reacted until the kid came up. He never reacted, indicated that there was no knockdown, no nothing until he stood up and he started to count. So I thought that was a bit bullshit. And even if you watch the video, after he gets up, before he even breaks him, he lets the kid uh, swing on Joey a few times. He gets a few shots on, as Joey's getting up from the slip. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Is, boxes ain't going to be perfect. So he, he rallies out the end of that round, gets, gets a good combination, few combinations off. The rest of the fight's kind of like... It was a sloppy. They were both. They were both tired. Um, brawl. It was like an amateur fight. What would you, what do you expect from an amateur fight? Sloppy guys. Really, you know, they're still digging it, digging deep, and uh, you know, throwing throwing hands. But it was, you know, they were both tired, tired throwing bombs. So then, Joey ends up pulling out of the tournament for personal reasons near the end, after that loss. Uh, flash forward, you go start working at a new gym. You start training people out of a new gym. And you got to train your first kid. You got ready for your first junior fight. So wh- what did you learn? What did you learn um, teaching a, like, a little kid to keep, like, for a competition than an average adult? Like, was there more disciplinary talk? Like, it's, it's a little different, but it's not really much different. Not with this sport because you can't sit there and, and tell a kid... Oh, it's okay that you missed. 
it's okay that you did that. No, it's not because you, you you either got you probably got hurt because you did something wrong in this sport. So it's not like where you uh, you miss a, a basketball shot where oh it's okay just practice again. You don't get many times to practice. You get a you get three one minute rounds to fight. That's about it. So there's no there's no there's not many room for error when you talking talking with the kids. So kids. They have to take it serious. They have to come in and you know, have a real good in- intention span, which Jay does. I'm still working with Jay. Um, he taught a he he fought a real 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 good kid out of Philly. It was uh, at the Battle of the Beach. Um, I'll probably never do an outside show again, though. It was way too unorganized. We're outside. I think we didn't we didn't fight until two o'clock. In the in the middle of the hottest part of the summer. Yeah, I, I didn't go to that fight. You guys all kind of ended up coming home pretty sunburned. You, you, yeah, they got plenty of sunburned to show from that one. I'll never do an outside show again. I don't think, um, unless I know for sure there's a spot for fighters and for the fighters. I don't even care about me. About let's let's make sure the fighters are are, are taken care of. Not so, sitting in the hot sun. Sitting in the hot sun, so they can go out there and fight and let the you know and put on put on a, the best performance they can put on. So he loses that fight against a very experienced tough kid out of Philly. Um then you have one more you have one more one night show with another fighter from our gym. And now you have this is your first time having a full stable of fighters. How was that getting ready for the Golden Gloves? I was excited. I was excited because I hated I hated going to a fight card and, and having having, like having two, one or two fights on it and then being done. Um, I had nine guys going into the Golden Gloves. Um, super excited about this. All nine of them ended up competing. No, eight of them ended up competing. Eight of them ended up competing. Um, one of them was open. One of them was open. Malcolm, he's a Muay Thai fighter. Um, COVID. I I thought he would have done really well. Yeah, COVID took the gloves, the later, later half of the gloves on us. Yeah, I mean, I had a kid in the finals already with three and oh, he was going to, he was going to win it. He was going to fight a kid he already beat. They were just trying to decide who they had to fight, see who was going to fight him. So then you got nine guys going into the clubs. It's January. It's turn-up season now. It's two months away. We're, a month, we're like two weeks away from registration. How is, the, how is the organization of having to keep track of nine different guys? Well, like I said, us fighters, athletes, we're kind of like babies. So you need a coach sometimes to make sure you're doing little shit. To make sure the paperwork, make sure the paperwork is done to, so you can compete. So I got, so I had to deal with sometimes four different excuses from four different people why what, something wasn't getting done. So it's a little nerve wracking, but at the end of the day, it's part of the job a little bit. And uh, I think I, I think it's good that I do it because it shows that I care a little bit more than probably the average coach. So that after a few months, I'm, uh, you're getting more as excited as the tournament's showing up. But I'm sure it's it's a little tiring having like baby eight different guys, and you got a few guys like myself throwing that who kind of were experienced enough. We did our we did what we had to do when you weren't around, and we'd show up for sparring and mitts. But so first night comes, how many fighters you end up having on opening night? Well, I think I had I think I had what three fighters? I think three fighters. Yeah, I had three fighters. I had Maneth, Frankie, and Matt. Hamilton. 
No. Not he, the first night. He wasn't the first night? No. Alright, so you get the you guys get there. Everybody almost everybody get makes ways. So this is your first time as a coach having to deal with the problem of a fighter being overweight. Let's talk about the Frankie story, because I, I, I crack up every time. So how was that? How was that like? <sighs> Frankie, 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 Frankie. Frankie comes. I forget how much exactly he was overweight. Three. Three pounds? It was three, three pounds. pounds. I thought it was three pounds. Three pounds overweight. Dave was the other guy, I think, who fought. Dave, Dave was, Dave the, was, other, was, guy Dave was the other fight. Um, so Frankie has to go down to the store, get a laxative to make weight. Luckily... He shit out the three pounds and he made weight. And he fought. Fought like shit, but he won. And he won. Ended up winning that. But he fought like shit. Well, there you go. You take a laxative, you fight like shit. So then, Maneth goes up next. Now, this is a kid you've been training for two years. This is his first fight. Three. I, uh, three. Almost two, two, two and two a half. Then, two then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're going into his first fight. And I've known Maneth since around the time he started with you. And I remember you always promising him that we're going to get you a fight when you're ready. How did it feel watching him go into his first fight and completely fucking one-siding, wiping the floor with this kid? It, it felt like everything, you know what I mean? Like, everything. Just like one of those, like like Dave. Like, I was able, like, he started around when Dave first started. Not, not too soon after Dave. So he's been with, with me just pretty much as long as Dave. And uh, it was it was real special to see him go out there and do what he had to do because there were some things that uh, he had a, he had a car accident that stopped him from getting like a one night show from like a year or two ago and uh, he was just finishing high school and he's a college student so there was a bunch of things that could have stopped this kid from boxing but he he kept through it and uh, he's one of my originals and he's still with me today and uh, yeah so he he's definitely a little special to me. So then he wins his fight. Who's up next that night? Was it Ant? I think it was Dave. I think Dave fought that night. I, I believe it was Dave that fought the first night too. So Dave fights this this tall, like doofy looking guy. Were you guys like? I know Dave's always professional, business as usual. Did the height scare you at all? And like, were, no. Were you were you still like a little sh- like what worried me most about Dave was he, he had been in the ring in a, in a year or two, but uh, we but what people didn't know he he stood in the gym throughout that, throughout that whole time off. Yeah, we stood in the gym the whole time off, training, 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 training. So I wasn't too worried about Dave, and like I said, Dave handles himself like a professional. He does the extra. He does the he goes takes his ice baths or whatever the hell he does. Sits in all that salt. So I wasn't. I'm not. I'm not really worried about Dave because I know Dave ain't gonna do nothing that he ain't really fully prepared to do. So that he gets knocked out in the first round, wins that fight. So boom, you got your, your one of your novice guys in the in the next round. Then you have Frankie. You got Shitty Boy. Um, <laughs> he's one of the last fights of the night. How was that? Was 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 Frankie in the back of your mind the whole night? Like this fucking kid. Like he's definitely drained. No, not really, because Frankie, Frankie's that, Frankie's that type of kid who if uh, you give him like a fucking BMX bike or a dirt bike, he, he's going to want to find the biggest ramp that he can go jump. So he ain't scared of nothing either. So if you're not scared or not, if you're not scared in there, that, that, that helps with your cardio and everything else so much with just as much as running, running. 
If, you, if you're skating there, you're going to get tired. If you're not skating there, you're, you're going to get tired. Uh, you're not going to get tired. So, in that standpoint, I wasn't really too worried. It is what it was at that point. He's weighed in, in the ring. I can't do nothing more than just help him in between rounds. So, then he fights a sloppy fight. Pulls the, pulls the W. And then you have the next night, the next round, you had two 65s. You had Jeff and Matt. Yes. So... Jeff was a bodybuilder previously, ends up wanting to take up boxing, sticks with it. Matt had one fight prior, lost a, a pretty hard-fought fight. They both had a fight prior and lost. Oh, that is true. They both had two hard fights and lost. They go into the gloves. Uh, Jeff manhandles the kid he fought, comes forward the whole time, pressures him. And then you have Matt. And that fight got stopped in the first. And what what'd you take away from that? Would you think it was more of a mental thing than a physical thing for him? Yeah, I think it, I think it was. Uh, Matt came out looking sharp, popping two jabs. I don't know if that was just nervous energy, but he came out looking good, and he just got clipped with a shot. That uh, you know, it, ha- it could happen to anyone. He got clipped with a shot, and then the kid didn't. The kid didn't stop. The kid smelled blood, and he went in for it, and the ref did the, uh, a good job of stopping it. So now. Taking that away, like a lesson you did, you learn a lesson about like really being on your your fighter's mental health going into a fight after that. Did that change your perspective on that at all? I mean, it's always something you have because if your mental game ain't right in any sport, you ain't gonna perform. So no matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter if you're fucking walking down the street. If your if your mental game ain't ain't right, you might be you're gonna do something out of character. So you got to make sure your mental is always correct, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So then Jeff wins. And then the third night, the third round, you have Ant, Maneth again. I believe I had like five guys the third night. Jeff third again. Week. Yeah. And you. then. No, because the night I fought was so no, that just was, me that and was Jeff. That was the third week. Oh, yes. We were third. So it was just me and Jeff. So we're going through the tournament now. Business as usual. You're getting, yep. you're adjusted now. Yep. So. Was it a relief for you knowing, damn, I only, good, I only got two guys tonight. You got to manage everybody. A little bit. It was definitely a little bit of relief once I started. Because once you get there, the, the, that, that excitement for me really, is, or the nerves, I should say, is that first week. Because then it's like, all right, I know where I'm going. I pick the same locker room every week because I'm the first. Like I said, I'm always the first person in there. Or I like to be one of the first persons in there so I can settle down, pick where I want to be. So once, after the first week, it was, the nerves weren't there. It was just excitement. 